Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, apparently, the Ulster Unionists are finding it tough to get a candidate to stand in North Belfast. Let me speak to Sam McBride from the newsletter. Good morning, Sam. Good morning to you, Frank. Is this down to... Political hopefuls not wanting to embarrass themselves. There's so much talk about the splitting the unionist vote in North Belfast that uh, some up-and-comings don't want to get off to a bad start. I think there are probably several elements to this. Um, there is probably that aspect of it where where people are, um, if they're thinking of standing as the unionist candidate in North Belfast, it's pretty clear that they are not going to get elected. And um, they're up against Nigel Dodds and Sinn Féin. Those are the two parties who have the potential to win this seat. And so, therefore, it's really about the principle of standing rather than about somebody who's actually going to win. And it would be much more difficult to try to persuade somebody to stand as a as a paper candidate or as somebody who's going to have to do some of the work but not actually have any hope of actually taking the seat. But I think that there's something much more profound going on here, and that is the um, sort of wider backlash within a um, very significant element of unionism against Steve Aiken, the incoming Australian unionist leader, for his um, for his statement that really he thinks that the party should stand everywhere, even in somewhere like um, North Belfast, where potentially that could put at jeopardy uh, the the uh, the uh, current unionist um, MP seat, Nigel Dodds. Who has he approached that's definitely turned him down? So the, the two people who have said to me that they are not standing, and I, I, I suppose I should make clear that there, um, there is no suggestion here, as far as I know, that, that they have been approached by Mr. Aiken. It's just that they are the sort of people who would be likely candidates um, in an area of Belfast where there is a very weak this presence, so there are very few people to choose from. But um, there is Mark Cosgrove, who is the Australian treasurer. He is a, a councillor on Antrim and Nabi Borough Council, and um, he's actually the party's group leader in that council, um, and quite a senior figure within the party, somebody who cer- certainly easily, if he wanted to be, could be uh, the candidate in uh, really any of these Westminster, West, Westminster constituencies, I think. The second person is Robert Foster. He is a councillor in um, the Glengormley area, which um, takes in part of um, the North Belfast constituency. And both of them, when I spoke to them yesterday, really cited their work commitment, said that they didn't have ambitions to get into full-time politics. They were not saying that they were not standing because they were opposed to Mr. Aiken's stance on this or for other reasons. But I think that um, it is clear that whoever does stand here will take a lot of criticism 
from not just the DUP, but we have the Orange Order weighing in on this. We have got um, people from the Royal British Legion. We have people from community groups in North Belfast, which would be uh, very much aligned to unionism. And so therefore, um, it is going to take somebody who really wants to do this um, who has a pretty thick skin um, and who, um, who knows that they're not going to be, I suppose, hung out to dry if there's a U-turn here by their party um, and actually at the last minute they're pulled out of the race. There's so much talk about it and the fact that if the unionist vote is split, uh, John Finucane from Sinn Féin could be the successful candidate. Because of all of that, does it really matter if anyone stands? Because a person of a, a unionist mindset surely would vote for Nigel Dodds. It's a very good question, and I think fundamentally um, the, the, the decision here as to who is elected in North Belfast will be for the electorate. Parties can do what they like. Um, ultimately, if unionists actually want to vote for Nigel Dodds, n- nobody is going to be stopping them doing that if the Ulster Unionist Party puts up a candidate. Um, I think that if the Ulster Unionist Party does stand a candidate, they might get 500 votes, they might get 1,000 votes. They're doing well, they might get 1,500 votes, but it, it, it's really not, not, not going to make any significant difference um, to um, to their position. But I think the concern from the DUP is that people who might otherwise think that the seat is still in play um, may give up. They, they, they may think that actually by standing, the Ulster Unionist Party has almost undermined Nigel Dodds' campaign before it has started. Um, but there, there is there's a really significant principle here, I think, for Steve Aiken. He has come into the Ulster Unionist leadership saying that he is a different um, sort of leader, that he's somebody who is more liberal, somebody who is um, particularly um, concerned and alarmed at what the DUP has done, both in terms of its governance at Stormont and in terms of what it has done with Brexit, what it has done at Westminster. He makes the argument and made the argument to me when I interviewed him last week where he made these comments saying that, that he would not be standing aside in North Belfast. He makes the argument that they have undermined unionism, that they are a unionist party that is actually endangering the union. And I think there, there is a great difficulty in Steve Aiken making that argument and then standing aside um, in favour of the DUP in certain seats. It doesn't make sense to some people in Northern Ireland. There are others who feel very keenly about unionist unity. A lot of unionists do. And they, they really want to see this sort of cooperation between unionists. But I think it's very difficult for Steve Aiken, who has made the opposite argument, to now go back on it. But certainly from what he was um, saying last night on The View, um, it certainly seemed like he was rolling back significantly here, where when he was pressed time and time again to say, are you going to stand in every, um, every constituency, all 18 constituencies at this election? He wouldn't say that. So chances are the UUP won't stand in North Belfast. I'm just saying chances are, going by everything that you have said. Where else do the DUP feel vulnerable, considering they have their, their, their 10 at the moment? Where, where are the other weak points? I think it's, it's, it's really very concentrated around Belfast. And you've got this unique situation where um, the DUP is very much a minority party within Belfast. Um, they, they're nowhere near 50% of the vote. Um, and yet they have got three quarters of the seats in Belfast in, in, in a Westminster election. And that is something of an anomaly. It is something of a um, very significant success for the DUP in terms of how they've managed their vote in those seats. Um, but I think in, in all of those seats, they're, they are, they're under a degree of pressure. Um, Emma Little Pengelly in South Belfast is particularly vulnerable. Mr Dodds in North Belfast is particularly vulnerable. I think to a lesser extent, Gavin Robinson in East Belfast um, may be vulnerable if Naomi Long stands against him and if there, if there is a, a, a surge for alliance there, as there have been in previous elections, 
DUP, I think, will not be entirely comfortable. But really, the, the, the key difficulties, I think, for the DUP are concentrated around Belfast. Once you go outside Belfast, I think the party should be okay unless there is really a, a, a catastrophic meltdown um, across the board for the DUP in terms of its vote. So it's, it's all down to really whether Naomi Long announces that she is going to stand in East Belfast. I think it is both down to that and also in South Belfast. One of the key things there will be um, whether Emma Little Pengelly can, if you like, um, come through the middle um, because the, the pro-Remain vote, the anti-DUP vote, whatever you, you want to describe that as, um, is so evenly split. So you really had a very unusual situation in South Belfast where Emma Little, Pen- Emma, Emma Little Pengelly got a very um, small proportion of the vote. I can't recall exactly what it was, but it was something in the region of maybe 30% of the vote. Um, but because there were so many votes for so many other candidates, she was the person who, who emerged on top there. So um, if, for instance, the SDLP's Claire Hanna can, can persuade people that she is the, um, the preeminent candidate, the person who is going to win the seat, um, if it's not going to be Emma Little-Pengelly, that will be something that potentially will unseat um, the DUP there. If, if, on the other hand, somebody like Paula Bradshaw from the Alliance Party can persuade enough people that she is a credible candidate in that race, that she might win that seat, then you could see a situation where there are um, evenly split votes between those two candidates, maybe also a Sinn Féin candidate, some others, the Greens, and actually, in the end, Emma Little-Pengelly manages to come back again. It's going to be an interesting one, there's no doubt about it. Um, (laughs) The rules and regulations, when do they kick in, Sam, when we have to be incredibly careful about how many people we actually interview and how much time we give them? Is that Tuesday? You're actually pushing the bounds of my knowledge there, um, Frank, I'm afraid. But um, certainly it, is, it has been a pretty rapid um, move towards this election campaign. There was some advice came out a couple of days ago from the electoral office um, saying that some of the, the more formal procedures will be kicking in next week. So I think that may be, um, that may be the case. There are also spending rules which kick in. Um, but I think that most people involved in politics, everybody involved in politics, has known for, for many weeks that there was the possibility of an election in the last couple of weeks with like a probability of an election before the end of the year. And so therefore, while, um, yes, we are formally into an election now and it is, we, we are, we're moving towards that, we know the date of that, um, people have been putting themselves into position. They have been organising candidate selections. They've been raising funds um, for many weeks. And so therefore, this is not a surprise to any of the parties involved. Mm, has anyone else their posters up apart from Claire Hanna? I haven't seen any posters up, I have to say. I heard that um, Alicia McCallion, the Sinn Féin candidate in foil, has got posters up, I think, the day after the election was called. Um, but I haven't seen any posters. And there, there obviously is the perennial argument as to whether we should have posters. And there are people who um, think posters, and I think the, the former Austrianist leader, Mike Nesbitt, suggested legislation at one point that would actually ban posters um, because he thought they were an eyesore and they were a waste of time. Um, other people say that actually posters are very important because for people who maybe don't follow politics, maybe people who don't read um, newspapers, don't listen to the radio very much, it's a, it's a very in-your-face reminder that there is an election, that this is a big democratic moment, um, and these are your candidates. So um, some places in the last election, um, I think Lagan Valley, there was a sort of voluntary truce between the parties that they would um, very much restrict posters or maybe even do away with posters completely. But um, yes, very soon I think we're going to be seeing people going up ladders across Northern Ireland and putting those up. Uh, one final question, Sam. When they call at your door looking for your vote, do you interview them? <laughs> Certainly not. Um, my uh, my uh, wife um, generally feels those. And um, 
sometimes sometimes I I manage to emerge um, without people working out who I am, and sometimes I'm not so fortunate. But no, cer- certainly not. I uh, spend long enough interviewing politicians without doing it at home. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Thank you. You can read Sam McBride, of course, in the newsletter. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.